0: Morning universe, I mean, good morning universe, because three hours and 36 minutes into this morning, well, would that be into the evening, and then into the, when does the morning start? It doesn't start at midnight, I mean, you're still at the bar trying to go home with somebody, so that's not morning. I mean, maybe technically it's morning, but I think morning really happens around four to five. That's when morning starts. And some people might want to claim 3.30. I'll give you back to like 3.33. But at 3.36, I think we can officially say, good morning, universe. <clears throat> 3.36 a.m. Here on the 14th of Saturday. That cheesy movie, Saturday the 14th, that was supposed to be a, a less lucky day than Friday the 13th. I believe it had, what, did that have Jeff Goldblum in it? No, that's not who was in it. It's that other dude that looks like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that guy. Anyway, terrible movie, don't go watch it. That is not what I got on to talk about. Although, I have been talking about terrible movies lately. But, what I'm on to talk about, well, it's... I got to be at work in 2 hours and 20 minutes. 2 hours and 21 minutes. Well, 2 hours and 28 minutes. Um, and here's the thing. I've been up since, um, I guess just Thursday morning, which is good. So I'll only be running 62, 63 hours by the time I finally get some sleep. But this is fucking stupid to do at the age of 53 without drugs. And ironically, I say without drugs but I think I found a bag of Lily's drugs tonight while cleaning my house. Seriously. I think it's meth. Pause. But not wanting to Google, how to you tell if this is meth test uh, on my phone? I'd rather just share it with the airwaves. Hello, CIA. Um, I, I was, I finally, Lily hasn't shown up yet, which is weird. Which means she probably is up in, uh, in Evergreen at the halfway house that her grandmother thinks she's at. I mean, with Lily, you just have to assume that whatever she's telling you is not true. But maybe it is true. And and that's why I haven't seen her. And sometimes when you come out of these 30-day lockdowns because you're a lunatic, they'll assign you a 30-day sort of transition program to make sure that you're not a full-on lunatic, that you can actually handle yourself in public. And if you can't, then they'll just throw you back in there for 30 days and you'll do this cycle for eternity. She's been on that cycle. Um, So, who knows? But I haven't seen her, so I decided it was time to throw all her shit out. And by that, I mean her shit. Not her clothes or belongings. I just mean the fucking shit she collects. Mm, Man, I'm hungry. I am licking the top to my yogurt. Ah, And I'm so hungry, I'm like, why am I not eating the yogurt? Why am I licking the top? But let's move beyond that. Let's have some good. That. Mm. that was a big bite, Pause. Okay, so this week I have finally gotten some all that overdue housework done. I would do before and after pictures, but I've already done them. So if we uh, ever get to know each other well enough, I will show them to you. But for now, those are private. And it's not that I won't talk about them. I just don't want to show them. The after after photos are good. The before photos, not so much. Um, But, so, I've cleaned the fuck out of the house this week. Long overdue. But frankly, I needed a reason to do it, and I finally had one. And that reason was Wednesday, which I apologize for not getting back to. I will get back to this today. I promise that Brees and I will have a conversation about what happened Wednesday in the sensory deprivation tanks. And... I think I've intrigued another coworker enough with the entire experience that she wants to do it. So I think there will be a part two to the sensory deprivation activity. I don't know that yet, so don't hold me to that. But uh, the forecast right now looks uh, pretty rosy. And then uh, I ate meat that day. Oh, God, what was I thinking? Well, what I was thinking is I was at fucking P.F. Chang's, and they have Mongolian beef. And I always said, I'm going to eat Mongolian beef one more time in life. Wednesday was the day. Oh yeah, I feel bad about it. But I don't feel that bad. Which makes me feel worse. And I think I've explained why I became a vegetarian on this recording. But the dreams, the violent dreams that I was with my hands and mouth... Hunting down prey like antelope, killing them and eating them raw. I had these dreams for years, like probably six, before I finally was like, I don't eat that much meat. I feel like my dreams are trying to make me a vegetarian. So maybe if I quit eating meat, my dreams will go away. And they did. The weird thing is, I haven't had an antelope chasing down dream since I had mongolian beef so universe am I allowed to eat meat again because I certainly don't want to go to sleep and have those horrible dreams again and there you know I'm not a night terror person I just don't get scared of my dreams ever since I overcame the shark dreams but the the grossness factor in my dreams can sometimes be off the off the charts uh, off the chain, off the hook, off the fucking rails. Like, I'll wake up just ready to vomit from my own dream experiences, and chasing down these animals and eating them was some of the worst. So, when you talk about some of the worst, you should go do some of the best, like Golden Goat. Hey, and I don't know if you can hear that filling, but That is the laundry about to hit the uh, rinse cycle, which is going to be 18 minutes of cacophony that none of us want to participate in, at least recording-wise. So what I should do... (sighs) Should I take a shower? Is that going to make me relax? Fucking nap off? I've already set three alarms in case I snooze off. If I can just make it to 5.30, well, then I can ride to work. It'll be cold. I'll reinvigorate. Oh, there goes the laundry. Pause. Okay. So I shut the bedroom door, hopefully that's quiet enough, and I'm not gonna talk for long because I don't want a chance that it's disruptive, and you're the listener, and you're the most important part of this experience, except me, because without me, there is no experience. So your second fiddle to the lead chair fiddle, pretty sweet, eh? Considered you didn't even apply for the job or practice. But your natural fiddling skills aside, This week also included, well, obviously I'm on a stupid-ass 62-hour journey, but that's the dumb part of the week. The other good part of the week is I've had an opportunity to be really helpful to a lot of people in simple ways. I'm not pretending that I'm fixing people's phobias, but just either lending a hand To somebody who needs help moving a couch or being there for somebody who uh, is having a difficult day with their mother-in-law. Whatever it is, I just seem to be turning around to people with a little angst and sounding bored enough to help them think through it and get rid of some of it. That kind of week. Until today, which I'm going to call today today because I've been up all day. So, though Friday has now left the scene... It's still Friday to John until I'm at work. Then it's going to be Saturday, because then I'm going to be at work, and that's going to be Saturday. But since it's still Friday, I uh, had the opportunity today to go to lunch with my mom and run some errands and just basically mess around for a while. And it was the first day that I think we haven't had a moment of, Oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to make you upset between us, either from me or from her. And, in fact, what I did notice today was how much more she was listening to me, actively listening. And I'm an active listener. Oh, this is the really noisy part, so let's pause here. Okay, I'll pause. We're back to some of the quiet part, but the loud part's coming again soon, so don't think I'm not going to hit pause quick. <clears throat> and what I found out today is that... Um, She has uh, been doing some anti-anxiety activities that are helping her reduce her stress level. I mean, it is readily apparent. In just one hour of interaction with her, you could tell that she was, dare I say, high or something. And I don't even mean like laughing at Ferris Bueller's day off, which you would only do if you're high. But what I do mean is there was a a balance to her, a centeredness. My mom is always off balance (laughs) because she takes every detail in the world internally into her schema and tries to correct whatever is askew. She has done it my whole life, and today's the first day I've ever seen her not do it. Instead, we had a conversation about each other's interests and current dilemmas. I told her more about what I'm up to today than I told her in the entire last year. (laughs) And we talked a lot last year. So I really have to say that this was the best part of my week. Because in a week I knew going into it, I was going to have a phenomenal week. The part that looked the scariest... Was Friday morning breakfast with my mom. Because that's always scary. I could always oversleep that particular appointment. And I never want to because that means somebody knocking on the door while I'm going, oh fuck, what time is it? Oh fuck, what time is it? Oh fuck, that's my mom. Yeah. Had that experience a few too many times. So, smartly, uh, had an opportunity to grab some work time that forced our lunch or our breakfast to a lunch. So I didn't have to worry about being ready for her at the crack of dawn. But because I'd been up all day and all night and all day, um, well, I had to I had to prepare for the edginess that I was going to be inserting into the circumstance just by having been malnourished and, and sleep deprived. But ready for whatever taming of the shrew I have to do me being the shrew most of the time but sometimes her uh, I'm I'm basically smoking my head off before she gets here thinking I gotta be comatose so that we can just relax and have a good day together and no angst from Johnny and then I get in the car to this this ball of pudding of soft velvety simplicity who is even describing moments of cooperative project completion with my dad. They actually did a few things together, like at the house, like a project on the stairs. They, they fixed and, and, and renovated their stairs to the basement together. Now, I know most married couples do shit like that, but my parents do not. (laughs) So, yay, Mom and Dad. Because today, still being Friday, might be the first day that I feel like maybe I can maintain that promise I made to my sister that I was going to give her back her loving parents instead of the estranged ones we've had for so long. Because I've been working on this plan for like four or five years. But yesterday might have been the very first sign that there's some progress being made. If I'm being honest, i kind of given up on the plan. I thought, well, if I can just keep them from killing each other until one of them dies, well, then the other one can enjoy their life for once. Wonder who it'll be. Probably both croak in the same hour, right? Dan and Anna. But, I... Uh, Dan and Ann. I know it's terrible, cliche and all that, but I really want my next dog experience to be two hounds named Dan and Ann, but oh, uh, I don't know if I'm that cheesy to do it. I am. I am. I am. Uh, I, I'm basically admitting to myself right now I'm going to do that. So, I love Phoebe. I love Phoebe to death and Frankie's over there because I'm washing Phoebe's dog bed of course, lying on Phoebe's mattress to piss her off, but whatever Frankie. Be yourself, be who you are. We all gotta do that. Phoebe kindly, gently, and understandingly is just laying where her mattress usually is on the floor because she's such a good dog. And uh, that's the laundry about to finish. So the week that I thought was gonna be great turned out to be greater than I thought. That's win number one. The wins inside the week themselves were uniquely individual and all gave me a different feeling of reaching out effectively to the universe in a wholesome and and wide open uh what do i want to say to this i never had to once think oh that's not really me i never had a thought of that the whole week even with my mom today. For the first time ever, I actually said to her that the biggest regret of my life, the day I'd take back most readily, in spite of all the shit i pulled, I would take back the day that they told us they were separating. And my sister and I cried so fucking hard that my mom stayed and never left. That day, I would take back. I would knock myself out, whatever I had to do, so that I wasn't in any kind of emotional state to sob like a seven-year-old when a seven-year-old is told his parents are divorcing or separating or whatever. Well, of course we did. And as I told my mom, I I said, you know who had to be the bigger person that day? The adults in the room. You two had your adult shit going on. Of course the kids were going to go crazy. But because we went crazy, well... I'm not saying my parents couldn't have separated and maybe come back together and had a great relationship. They could have. But they also could have separated and had individual lives that would have been great, too. But by staying together, because of the kids, well, then everything became about the kids. The nuclear family structure that supports the fucking kids. So, you grow up in a house where you feel all kinds of love from your parents. Your parents are wonderful people. They're amazing. And they love you to death. But you're not really sure if they love each other. That is kind of the foundational underpinning for what got me so emotionally beklemped for most of my life. I will not say that's why I treated women poorly. That's just me being an asshole. But there was some lack of intimacy that I certainly had toward the world that I think stems from growing up in a family where I love you wasn't even a phrase we said. Well, no, my mom said it, my mom said it. All moms say that shit, but you know how dads are. And I think this is where sometimes figuring yourself out is challenging because if you start looking at the Uh, the tiles that might be falling out of the mosaic, causing you to be some incomplete version of yourself. When you start thinking, well, (laughs) it's not like I was molested. You know, it's not like I was fucking kidnapped. It's not like I was raped as a kid or anything. Seriously, fucked up. I can't even look back and say I didn't have a loving family. I had a loving family. I had great birthdays, great friends, great Christmases. I had a great life. I mean, what I didn't have were two parents who loved each other. It was a partnership. They were going to endure the pain because they thought their kids had earned the right to the best chance at life they could give them. If nothing else out of this fiasco, they were going to give their kids that. Okay, unpause. 19 minutes into this thing, huh? Um... So I'm about to wash my comforter, which is going to be disruptive. And, uh, you know, I think what I'm going to do is I'll just fill the laundry, finish all this crap that I have to say, and it's crap. So if you don't, if you're listening now at 1919, turn off, go do your own laundry, go find purpose in life, go marry the perfect person or go marry the imperfect person and then make a perfect relationship of it. But stop listening to this, right? Okay, pause. Pause. <laughs> and I love how I, I I was looking for something in December to kind of walk me through the, the holiday stress that would help me feel a little better about the fucking disaster of a house that I was living in. So I committed to cleaning the cat box every day. Which in December, I think I cleaned the cat box maybe five days total. But in January, I have been 13 for 13. And I just cleaned it. Yeah! Okay. Doing the comforter means getting the bleach out. And everybody's got a bleach story, right? At least one. And I only have one, but I think I have an original one. Because it's not like I got, well, I probably have gotten bleach on clothes that i cared about, but I don't remember that at this point. Um, I never drank bleach as a joke to see if I would die. I never did anything crazy with bleach. But when I'm working in Oregon at one of the brewpubs that the McMenamin system owned, um, there are three or four of us hanging out at the bar after our shift, having a beer, and uh, the bartender goes to get a bleach towel to clean up some mess, and he's like, God fucking damn it! Who's putting so much bleach in the fucking water? And uh, I'll I'll admit that I knew whoever had been making the bleach buckets was clearly using too much bleach. You're only supposed to use a capful, and clearly somebody hadn't read that note. Um, But it was his next line that I think sent the three of us or four of us, however many were sitting next to each other into that see no evil, hear no evil, say no evil chimps pose, because he's like, you know, the slipperiness you feel in the bleach bucket, that's your skin dissolving because bleach is literally dissolving your skin so it feels slippery. So quit putting so much fucking bleach in the buckets. I thought, hmm. I have no idea if that's right. This was pre-Google, so there was no way you'd even know if it was right. But goddamn, did it ever sound good? I mean, really? If that's made up, fuck yeah. Go for it. Keep telling that story. I've never even verified it to this day. But there you go. There's my bleach story. Okay, so 80 minutes till I'll be on my bicycle riding through frigid temperatures to get to a job that I'm going to work for eight and a half hours struggling to even maintain concentration because I'm going to fucking Home Depot. And uh, and yet, it's the perfect cap to the week. Because at 10 o'clock today, last night... Okay, fine, it's Saturday. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. It's Saturday. Um, at 10 o'clock, of course I'm saying, Go to bed, fuckface. Go to bed, fuckface. you got to get up and work tomorrow. Go to bed, fuckface. But I'm in the midst of cleaning up the biggest mess of all. Where the pipes burst under the sink and frankly this is the kind of job that i just should finish because otherwise it might be april before i decide to get back to it knowing myself well i decide i'm going to finish this job it's 10 o'clock what's the worst case scenario i'm up till two get four hours sleep i've done that so many times it doesn't even phase me it's when i'm still cleaning at one thirty. Cleaning messes and finding Lily's meth or whatever. And, you know, here here's the thing. I don't know what the test is to find out if something's meth. I mean, do you drop some ammonia on it? If it turns blue, it's meth. Who knows? Maybe. But if you taste it, the thing is, I was like, well, it's either, if it's fake, it's going to be salt, right? Or sugar or something. But it looks more like salt. And so I put my finger into it to get a little taste of it. And my first reaction is, oh, it's fucking salt. But then my next 15 seconds of reaction is, well, is it salt? I don't know. That really doesn't taste. Wait, let me go get some salt. So then I taste some salt. And I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm like, do I put my finger back in the fucking bag of whatever? So that's as far as I took it. But I did lick my finger with a little of Lily's salt or meth on it. So, you know, living dangerously, as always. Pause Huh. Oh, and speaking of which, Living Dangerously, you know what I've been listening to a lot of lately? Billy Joel. Yeah. I mean, that has nothing to do with Living Dangerously. But, I've never really liked Billy Joel. Matter of fact, I would put him with R.E.M. on the list of bands that I don't understand why they are so fucking popular. Except that one song. I don't mind pleasant conversation, or whatever it is. I don't listen to Billy Joel, so I'm probably wrong on what that lyric is. But I do like that song. But the rest of them, Marilyn Monroe, Firebana, whatever that horrible rap song is. I mean, ugh, the theme to Bosom Buddies. Hmm. Okay, so Living Dangerously. I don't do any of that, except I do ride my bike on ice, and I could probably fall and break my neck. But that's not really living dangerously. That's just living stupidly. So living stupidly, I'm good at. Living dangerously is accidental. Um, And so when I find myself um, talking about something like living dangerously, well, I have zero to say, which is why we're going to move on to something else. And what I want to move on to is the, the spark that it is that makes you want to spend more time with somebody versus the thud that it is that makes you want to never know anything more about this person. Like, we're all fascinating individuals. We all have months worth of material If we were to start storytelling the best parts of our lives, engaging material, mesmerizing material, the journey of life is phenomenal. So, it's not like I don't want to necessarily hear the greatness of your life, but there is a 90% chance I'm going to hear the greatness of person A's life because there's that spark while there's only a 10% chance that I'm going to hear person V's life because there's no spark in fact there's a V and it's not for victory it's for venereal disease no it's not, it's not for anything I'd pick V out of nowhere so I could say venereal disease booyah but this curiosity to me is new because always just dismiss it as yeah, there are fuck faces in the world and then there are people that are worth a shit. That's not very difficult to discern. I think you know that by kindergarten. Yeah, you kinda do. You kinda do. And yet when you go through that whole purging of one's self of ego and and accountability of cosmic universe starts to take over who you really are, and then you live as your true self. Well, in that zone of existence. Everybody is pretty fucking awesome. Really. In fact, I think I could have a one-hour conversation of interest to the world with anybody. I find everybody fascinating. I may take 15 minutes to warm that sucker up to something of true listenable value, but I'll get there. Because mining what is of interest to other people just leads to dynamic conversation and to great storytelling. No matter how weak you feel in that realm, you can tell your own stories with authority. We all have that Cartman in us. So, living dangerously, a subject that we're avoiding today, has nothing to do with having good stories to tell. Good stories can tell tell themselves. Or you can tell them. Or you can make them up like that Bleach story. No, I didn't make that up, but... You can make up stories, too. And I can make up stories. Boy, can I make up stories. I have a gift for it. And I have the self-annihilation gene that says... And not only can I make up stories that I tell you are fantasy, I can make up stories that I tell you are true. And then you can find out later that they're not and go, w- what What about what you told me? Oh, yeah. You know, words. Words. Words are different than words. Some of them are lies and some of them aren't. Or whatever snappy answer I had while I was having my pants fucking de again in life because I was being a numbskull to people who didn't deserve it. Well, for about five years now, I've been trying... To not be a numbskull to anybody. I've been trying to be completely forgiving of every circumstance I run into, even when fully, 100% transgressed against. I know my karma has kickback coming still, so there's enough of that for me to justify any negativity I'm running into. Hey, this is just making up for all the shit I pulled in senior year of college. Or, hey, this is making up for all the shit I pulled that year before senior year of college. Or, you know, there's that year after senior year of college and all the shit I pulled that year. This might be making up for some of that. Whatever it's making up for, fine. What, what do I endure? A day of disappointment? An hour of malaise? A minute of uh, my numbingness It's not a big deal, right? Nothing is really a big deal. Other than life. I mean, life's a big deal. But the daily occurrences, whatever happens to be causing you to have to walk home five miles starting at 1130 at night, if you look at it from the right perspective, it's fucking hilarious. I mean, you may not like being the butt of the joke, but fuck, the universe has a good sense of humor. So... (laughs) Keep walking home, buddy, because there's no other way home. What are you going to do? Crawl? That'll be even funnier. And when you start to think to yourself, yeah, yeah, I mean, fuck it. I am going to walk all the way home and I might as well enjoy it. How am I going to enjoy this? Let me see if I can think up 15 people that I have had conversations with about politics no, that'll be terrible. Instead, let's name every bird I can name between here and Sheridan. Go, robin, pelican. Uh, do I only know two birds? So, what I'm finding is, I can. I can overcome, everything, that's in front of me, by just realizing. That. As an agent, I'm in charge of all of it, including all the fallout that's negative. But none of it stains my soul. So long as I'm acting as my real self. I really don't care if I stumble off a bridge and break my neck in the dumbest, uh, uh, what do they call those things? The, The dumb deaths of the year? Oh, there's a there's a name for him. Fuck, God, I'm getting old. But um, making the number one incident, incident in that book could easily be a measuring stick for the most embarrassing thing ever to happen to a human being. Unless you can't be embarrassed. And then there is no such thing. And so by taking chunks of the world that don't work for you, and either dismissing them entirely. I don't even know why you're talking about embarrassment. I'm not sure what that emotion is. I never feel it because I just don't have that incoming energy from other people. They want to laugh at me, they can laugh at me. They want to think I'm stupid, they can think I'm stupid. They want to make fun of me so that they can be cool in front of their friends. Fuck, go for it. I could not care less what other people think of me because I do care what I think of myself. And I know that everyone else is going to have an opinion of me that is somewhat distorted because they don't live inside my head. Just like whatever opinion I have of anybody else can't be a hundred percent right because I'm not exchanging thought dialogue with them. I can come close. I can be soulmates. I can know their next words. 98% of the time. But there will be some surprises and some unknowns that are just that person's intimate, private life. Just like I have mine, just like you have yours. We all have that. And when I think about the invasion of privacy that's occurring, I think about the tenderness that it is that one spot that we all have that's just ours. And as far as I know, I don't even know if the universe knows what I think in my deepest, most personal thoughts. I, th- I actually do think they do, but they might not. That might be the one, the one true bloom in a ocean full of grass, that one flower standing out as contrast against the green. Well, we're all that. And so then I come back to thinking, well, why is it that sometimes I just really like certain people? Is it because they're funny? Is it because they're witty and charming and oh-so-engaging to be around? Is it because they're smart? Is it because they're talented? Do they have artistic skills? Do they have musical skill? Are they... The kind of person who can remember every goddamn thing that ever happened in their life because they have photographic memory? No. There are just some people in the universe that your life path is meant to cross. And I think there are only about seven of these total that are planned out. Now, I'm not saying you can't have entirely fulfilling random occurrences in the simulated universe that we're all experiencing. Of course you can. But the planned ones, I think, are the ones that make you take pause and go, oh, wait a second. This is different because it doesn't have to crescendo. It's literally already a 100-person instrument band playing at full volume. You just walk into a coordinated composition with another person that's as if a symphony between you already exists. Now, the question is, after going a decade without experiencing this at all, by choice, How did I experience it three times with three different people in one week? How am I finding so many great people in my life right now in what I would say is one of my more (laughs) mundane phases? I don't know if I'm being mundane right now, but I'm certainly not in terms of outreach trying to develop any sort of community, but it's happening in spite of that, and I uh, I will encourage the activity around me because I know that this is part of the reflexivity of growing into your true self is to accept the reverberation and the echo of energy that comes back from all the good energy you put out. There is a reward for doing things that make you happy with who you are. The universe catches on and starts to see your momentum and just fills your sails. Why does all this happen? Shit, I don't know. I seriously don't know. I don't even want to think about it. It's too much to think about. It's galactic. It's... It's... Cosmic in a kind of consideration that, frankly, would be too distracting to deal with, given the life that I'm already here living. Did I choose this life? Probably. Did I choose the hardships I went through? Some of them, I'm sure. Did I choose all of them? I doubt it. Did I choose this moment in life to be this composed and ready for whatever may come my way? to take advantage of all the goodness the universe has to provide at my doorstep, quite literally, well, yeah, maybe for the first time ever, but yeah.